The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond, 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 beyond. Hey, welcome everybody to Beyond, episode 476. I'm Max Scoville and I'm joined by Brian Altano, who gets no paper privileges. I'm throwing your papers next time. You can't do that. They're mine. They're over here. Andrew Goldfarb. You can share mine if you want. It's okay, thanks. And Marty Sleva. I have my own papers, but I'm glad that the two of you are sharing. Yeah. Good, good job, everybody. we got a great show lined up today. Uh, first of all, we're going to talk about a studio closing. That's always fun and not depressing. Uh, meanwhile, Horizon Zero Dawn is coming out three days before Zelda, which inevitably will cause people to compare the two. Uh, we found out the name of God of War Kratos' son. I don't know if I said God of War Kratos. That's a weird way to phrase it. That's and his then, of title. Course, um, apparently, there is some good banging in Mass Effect Andromeda. <laughs> what? Uh, also, that was a quote around good banging. Good banging. Really? Yeah. Good yep. banging to thee. Good banging. Good banging. Good banging to you. That's a good greeting to do. <laughs> Um, anyway, and also with you. Uh, first things first. Uh, Gorilla Cambridge closed. Um, oh. This is, of course, the studio that was behind Medieval One and Two, Killzone Mercenary, which is the Vita shooter, and more recently Rigs. Uh, this is sort of a bummer because they make games, and games are great, and we like yep. them. Well, yeah, and it's also like they. There have been so many Sony closures in the past, like five years, mm-hmm. like pretty much since Vita came out, uh, and they they actually only became part of Gorilla after I think it was when like it was around when like big big and zipper and all those other like launch game studios closed yeah um they kind of became a sister studio with gorilla which seemed promising for them to stick around for a while but i mean i don't know if rigs just didn't sell or what but it's just a it's a bummer to see more talented developers just out there yeah i mean rigs was sort of positioned as what they thought was going to be the killer ip for not only psvr but vr in general and uh you know it seems like vr like it has it has folks like like max and brian who obviously love it but i don't think it made quite the splash in its first couple months that they thought it would right and then I imagine that this game specifically didn't make quite the splash. So it feels like they sort of went all in on this and then the writing was on the wall afterwards. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, I think it's it's very tough, specifically with something like Riggs. Um, I didn't think the demo was very good at uh, indicating how great that game is because that game is actually really awesome. And in terms of like how robust you can make a, a VR game, mm-hmm. like that's actually one of the most sort of like thought out in depth. They were supporting it with stuff like crazy after launch um, tournaments and stuff like that. The comfort mode levels and in, in just the customization of controls for VR in that game are fantastic. Mm-hmm. And again, not really indicative of what you can find in the demo. Yeah. I jumped in with the demo and I kind of hated it. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, it, it gives you the option to play like sort of the comfort mode where it kind of gives you blinders, I guess, to yep. make you less disoriented. But just in terms of controls, like I was kind of used to VR, but I, I wasn't blown away by it. Also, it didn't really it felt very like very launch title and then it didn't really have like a kind of strong identity. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah, sort of this, I mean, it's it's yeah. it was like, you know, VR mech uh, soccer, basically. Yeah, or, right. you know, it was like it was like sports meets, uh, you know, exo squad, which yeah. I'm down with, which is a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. it's a cool idea. Um, and, you know, these guys worked really hard on this game, very passionate about it. I think they did everything they could for making one of the most standout and kind of more sort of like grandiose mm-hmm. uh, PSVR launch games. But I don't really 
really know how well a lot of those VR launch games yeah. did. We saw yeah. the numbers, and I believe Job Simulator and Batman were two of the yeah, two of the best two. selling ones. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so if Riggs wasn't really up there, I mean, what what do you do? What do you do with something like that? Right? Yeah, I mean, it's tough too because it's a very similar thing to uh, Killzone Mercenaries on Vita, which is I think like far and away the best first person shooter on Vita, yeah. and it's really great. It runs great. It's super fun, but it's one of those do I want a full first person shooter campaign on Vita? Yeah. Which, like, mm-hmm. I, I reviewed the game for 1UP, and I was like, this is really good. It's very uncomfortable to play a, a game that requires that much dexterity on a Vita. But also just so few, peop- so few people had a Vita that, like, they just couldn't, like, you yeah. know, meet the sales requirements that went into something that, especially of that then. budget. Yeah, like, by the time it was out after, like, Resistance, Burning Skies, and that uh, Call of Duty, Call Duty game. Yeah, like, yeah Declassified. Yeah. yeah, there were just so many bad yeah. shooters by that point. Yeah. I mean, this just blows me out because I think Sony has lost. Um, like, we're obviously going to have our Naughty Dogs, and I'm sure Sucker Punch is fine, and I'm sure, you know, mm-hmm. Bend, we'll see what happens with Days yeah. Gone. But I worry about these smaller studios fading away because it's just like, I don't know, it, you worried that after a certain point, like it, it takes away part of the identity and the creativity sure. and the cool people taking risks that are within Sony. Um, I mean, we lost Evolution. We lost a lot of studios that I think we're just trying to do. Like, even if they weren't my thing, yeah. they had something that was a little different than just another third person action yeah. game. I mean, that's yeah. the, we're in a tough position now because uh, Santa Monica, you know, had something in development for a long time that got canceled. A lot of yep. people got let go. And then now we know they're working on God of War. Uh, Bend was dormant from the Vita launch. And now we know they're working on Days Gone. We have heard anything from Sucker Punch. Uh, Polyphony is working on Gran Turismo Forever. Uh, Japan Studios is about to release uh, uh, Gravity Days, and then they just released The Last Guardian, but now there's sort of really nothing yep. Uh, yep. on the plate in front of them. Uh, so we haven't heard from Mita Mo- Molecule and Dreams in a very long in time. In a very long time, yeah. So, yeah. so I feel like, like I'm a little worried about sort of the state of first-party gaming. Yeah, um, and I think it's Sony. immensely important um, to uh, distinguish the fact that, yeah, you just named a bunch of um, really awesome-sounding first-party games yeah. that are going to be phenomenal. I mean, yeah. stuff like God of War is exclusive. Oh, yeah, it's totally. huge. Yeah. But you look at, um, I think... If you look at this generation right now, Sony's obviously crushing it sales-wise. Uh, Games-wise, I think they're doing an incredible job, too. If you just look at, like, kind of Metacritic comparing exclusives, mm-hmm. they just, I feel like, have more exclusives than Microsoft in general right now. But gamers are fickle. And just because they're kicking ass right now off of the strength of what they've been doing the last few years, when Scorpio comes out and it's Sony's turn to come up with a new console and they have to you know, rally their troops together and they have less and less teams on their side, I think you might be looking at a different scenario. Um, I think that right now what they're doing is great and it's working, but I do fear that in two or three years with all these studio closures, they're not going to have that sort of arsenal that they've that they've had for like the last 10 yeah. years. Well, they're also kind of focusing, it feels like they're streamlining a little bit, like a lot of these studios like I think Cambridge made Little Big Planet PSP and they yeah. made like these little like you would get these people making not really even ports but just like smaller versions obviously Bend made Uncharted Golden Abyss mm-hmm. which is a game in its own right but I think you're seeing less and less of that I think yep. they're letting kind of the big studios have their big marquee AAA tentpole yep. titles but I think that leaves less room for the support studios. Yeah, totally. Like if you look at Ubisoft, like they have those, like a studio like Annecy mm-hmm. didn't have its own game for years and years. They just did the the multiplayer for Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. and now they have Steep. And it's yeah. like, it's not like Steep is going to set the world on fire. I don't think that's selling a billion copies. Yeah. So what does that mean for that studio? But it's, just, it's interesting talking about those first party Sony studios and, and we're getting a lot of the same sort of... Uh, shaky ground on on the microsoft side as well which you know scalebound wasn't first party obviously but it was exclusive yeah. stuff like fable legend getting canceled and and project spark having uh uh you know its development sort of uh just removed uh i feel like the era of a console success hinging on a first party game or an exclusive is gone like yeah. i don't think the the reason sony is so far ahead isn't because something like Bloodborne and Uncharted are so much better than, you know, Halo and Gears. Yeah. It's the fact that Sony's done, I think, such an incredible job of uh, aligning themselves with these huge third-party games like Destiny and Call of Duty and Battlefront and now Resident Evil, um, that even though the game's not an exclusive, like, people look to the PS4 as the place to play those games. Mm -hmm. I think exclusives help a ton when it comes to positioning the console as a bundle. If you look at Uncharted 4, the game sold almost 9 million units, and I think a significant portion of those, I don't have the numbers and exactly what that is, I don't think anybody does, are the bundled version of that console with Mm -hmm. that game. And if you sat there and you walked into a store and you said, all right, I can get the Xbox with Forza or I can get the PS4 with Uncharted, you're probably sitting there going like, well, what do I like better? You know, like kind of adventure action games or do I like racing games? And if you lean in towards the adventure action stuff, which I believe most people probably do, Mm -hmm. because racing is still sort of like... 
kind of just a smaller group of people are into that. Uh, you would go for that. So I think down the line, when you put all these things together, it's it makes it a better looking system. But I do worry that in like five years, if every console or at least Sony and Microsoft are sort of downplaying the, the need for major exclusives, then you're just battling on specs mm-hmm. and apps and controllers and it's not really about the games anymore or mm-hmm. which has the better third party looking game, you know? Yeah. Well, there's yeah. another thing going on here. We're talking about this as, as like a first party, you know, obviously Microsoft has more of a background in developing software because they start off as a software company and Sony is better with hardware. Uh, it's also interesting because these are kind of like looking at the games that Guerrilla Cambridge did, they're kind of like double a games you know they're not like they're not like triple a like you know you said that they did little big planet for for psp or whatever uh and that's again it's taking somebody else's big triple a baby and kind of doing your own not quite port not quite yep yeah, yeah. um and this wasn't this this wasn't the gorilla studio that did the kill zone games and this isn't the gorilla right. that's doing yeah. horizon that's an answer it's like a little yeah. kind of side yeah. but it's it's we're, we've seen this so much over the past few years is the death of like kind of the, the middle class of games yeah you know, like there used to be like there were, you know, little tiny indie games kind of those have kind of gotten bigger since then. Uh, and there were big, huge AAA blockbusters. But then there was this whole kind of like, you know, like THQ know, is yeah. a perfect example. Well, yeah. Is it maybe that you when you look at stuff like uh, Killzone Mercenary and you look at rigs that they're maybe making something that's way overly ambitious for a platform that's not necessarily it doesn't uh, have the user base. Yeah, it doesn't least, have the user yeah. base for that. I mean, they're I mean, trying I th- to make like a triple A launch title, but they're I mean, I don't know if it's the studio's not up for it, if they're not getting the support from Sony or yeah, if it's I just mean, the it's, fact that there's not a base there to, to you know like making a triple A first person shooter for a PlayStation Vita is kinda like trying to sell like sell steak at a movie theater or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I don't Ooh, necessarily think people I'd are need, looking I need a movie mm-hmm. steak. It's also like, I would too, yeah. but not a lot of people would. Yeah. I, we, we also don't have a lot of transparency on what the politics are like. Like they went from being Sony Cambridge to being Gorilla Cambridge and maybe that came with making Killzone like yeah. maybe a lot of that was just be, like that might even be the reason they became part of sure. Gorilla yeah. was to have that tech uh, I, I don't know like I think like I did think it was cool when they announced this they said they're trying to restructure them among like as many jobs as possible oh, you yeah, reallocate them to different studios yeah, yeah. Which, which is good I, hope so. like, I was about to say like I really hope um, that everyone working at this company lands on their feet yeah. because yeah. it's I mean the, the, I, I don't feel like like if, if when you see a studio close that hasn't made great games, you're like, oh, I, ho- I wish them the best. But these guys made like really awesome, really ambitious stuff. Interesting things. And yeah. ambition is one of the most important things that we can have in this world, especially in the games industry. And I never want to see that suffocated. Yeah. yeah. And I really hope that this is, you know, like having a first party studio is a boon with everything you were talking about with exclusives. It can also be a liability because like, yeah, Naughty Dog turns out a game every two or three years, but other studios don't. They might take eight or nine. And I think like it's a really weird situation where... I hope, like, when Dreams does come out, I hope Mini Molecule is fine. And I hope whatever Sucker Punch does does well. I hope Days Gone does well. Because I do worry about these studios just not necessarily having the room to breathe. I agree. And and it's also, it's a matter of defining the identity of what the PlayStation 4 is and what PlayStation is. I Mm -hmm. mean, I'm not saying that they're basically going to get attacked from all sides this year, but there's a new Nintendo console launching in March and there's a new Xbox console launching this fall. Mm -hmm. So that's further, like more than ever, Sony needs to sort of say like, but this is who we are. Mm -hmm. This is what we represent. These, this is our army. This is, these are our studios. These are our games. Um, And with less and less teams on their side, I worry about that. That really just becomes things like exclusive deals for third-party games and then maybe new modes or maybe like early access like vr support vr support. Yep. well and yeah. that's why I, i'm so curious about the alternate reality where vita did catch on and where yeah. a lot of these studios were like where killzone mercenary was the beginning of a great engine on vita that yeah. did bring console quality games like i obviously will never know and we'll right. never see that but that might have brought I've projects for five more years so how was yeah. it that was crazy yeah, yeah. that's wild yeah. that's awesome i yeah. mean i think that's so interesting too that like they PS4 one of their, island that this this studio's <laughs> biggest bet uh on vita was basically making the most ambitious game on that system i think yeah. outside of uncharted yeah. um and we all said no one wants to play games like that on the go and then nintendo's like what about skyrim <laughs> like like they're basically uh, yeah. doubling down on all the lessons that sony learned from the vita years ago so we'll see how all of this pans well, out there, this wasn't so that, fascinating to me there was that elder scrolls game that was good in the works for psp yeah, yeah. there was a saints yeah. row in the works for psp oh, like, yeah, there's yeah, all this that, stuff that I mean, just the studios making that stuff that weren't attached to the hardware themselves. I just like, Vita turned out really work. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that great. game. Yeah. That's really good. I've, yeah. I've been enjoying you're, that a lot. You're in that weird season two part of Fringe where they go to the other yeah. universe. <laughs> uh, also, I want to back up and say, I think Cambridge made PSP Little Big Planet. They did. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I, I was doing research beforehand. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it. that's got to kind of suck because they're <laughs> they're almost like an internal third party. 
It's like you've got this you've got this name that's attached to like an IP that's attached to a big studio like you know Naughty Dog makes Uncharted unless it's Golden Abyss in which case Ben yeah. makes it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, Media Mile yeah. feels attached to so, Little Planet. Unless yeah, I mean, that, we I also, wonder how much that has to do with with a, a studio getting closed if they're like, what have they made? Well, they did this thing that's sort of not theirs, and they did this thing which is sort well, of not theirs. Or yeah. what else? And, it's, and maybe it's hey, we're going to close you unless you can work on this. Like right. hey, like we don't want your weird new IP that you pitched, but we need somebody to make Killzone Mercenary. You know, sure. I think also, like, I would, like I would read a, an entire book about studio publisher relationships and studio console relationships and like how often somebody like, I know, Shuhei Yoshida or anybody at the top of Sony checks in on Gorilla and they go, what are you working on? Like, what kind of budget do you mm-hmm. need? What kind of help do you need? Like, not saying he didn't do that, but I have no idea how that works. Sure. And if these, if these teams are sort of left on their own, on islands, and then once a year it's like, I mean, if you look at the scale bound situation i my theory with that is that they they pitched uh we need another year we need more budget and microsoft looked at the bottom line and said it's not really gonna work out i mm. tell me if i'm wrong on that that's just kind of a guess i mean yeah we don't know what happens yeah. behind closed doors yeah. but that, that's so, as good of a guess. so when you see studios close when you see games get canceled i wonder how much of that could have been saved by sort of like specking out the project better earlier on or just getting into their over their heads or getting more help like well and that's why the first party versus second and third is so different because when you own the studio i think you're willing to put more down right you know sure. whereas like for something like scalebound maybe they really did have a set budget and that was the only amount you know they were willing to go up to yeah, yeah. or even how like uh you know exclusive third-party dlc and early access stuff comes mm-hmm. together i don't know yeah. if that's a matter of like infinity ward being like hey sony we've got this thing or sony being like hey infinity Ward, what are you working on so i don't know this this stuff is so so damn yeah. cool to me yeah anyway um Almost so cursed. that's all about games that maybe aren't coming out or you know studios closing or whatever and that's depressing but the good news is games are continuing to come out uh horizon zero dawn is coming out three days before zelda horizon comes out on february 28th and zelda comes out on march 3rd uh obviously these are two very different games but they're also similar games in that they're about you know riding around on some animals in a big field and using a bow and arrow to shoot things yeah uh, what do we make of this? Yeah. We did a little bit on Up at Noon about how... Why is this happening? <laughs> yeah. It's which so are, which frustrating. Are, which are you going to play? Huh? It's so frustrating. Which one? I barely played anything so far this year. Go to the head. Which yeah. is it? Horizon or I Zelda? Can't, I can't answer yeah, that. you got to answer I it. I can't answer that. I can't answer that. I can't. I can't answer that. Well, whichever one you pick depends on which podcast you're allowed on. You know that, right? I'm allowed on You're going to go on NBC. You're going to go on Podcast Beyond. It's not wrestling, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what if it was? No. The, w, the NWO is here. <laughs> the answer is uh, easy. We'll get Horizon probably like a week before it comes out, and then yeah. we'll play that and finish it, and then yeah. we'll get Zelda. But for, for normal people out there who aren't, you yeah. know... You know, awful, you know, scum of the earth like you. Look for the privileged cast. Um, I knocked over some parcels, <laughs> some presents that people sent us in the mail. Um, yeah, I'm like, uh, these both look like, I mean, they look kind of similar to play. Obviously, they're they're very different games. Horizon is a brand new IP. We don't really know what the hell this world is. But Zelda's like, you know, it's comfort food. It's returning to, you know, a different iteration of a familiar universe. And uh you know, it's going to be on a new console as well as an old console. Yeah. I don't think one could have existed without. I mean, I, I yeah. don't think that Horizon would exist without Zelda. Oh no, absolutely no. God, God of course. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a given. But it's more kind of like, what's you know, what are you going for? Like, yeah, but it's interesting because under the hood, like they do have a lot of similarities. You know, they're leaning into crafting and more yeah. RPG elements uh, that Zelda really hasn't gotten into in its series. Uh, it is this sort of free range, giant open world where you get into these uh, scenarios with the with the flora and fauna that sort of dynamic. Yep. Uh, you shots of of uh uh alloy running away from uh like a, a beast chasing her and then other shots of link running away from monster yep, they have with both with like bows and arrows in their hands both and it beautiful looks, feminine yeah. uh <laughs> <protagonists>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i think that like visually it's going to be jarring to jump between the two yeah right because one of them's running at 900p and one of them's going to be running in 4k, 4K on my yeah. ps4 pro and that's going to be hard to like go back and forth on but one of them like i can take on the go with me which is a very different scenario um I'm hoping I can, like, I don't want to do a disservice to this thing, though, because I want to play, I'm going to play through Horizon, but I feel like I'm going to, like, I don't know, 95 or 100% Zelda. Yeah, that's, I mean, my, for me, it's easy that I'm going to start with Horizon and I'm going to beat the story. I mean, that's the one, like, every, with the exception of Skyward Sword, every Zelda for the last decade, I 100%ed. Yeah, so, like, I know too. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take my time with Breath of the Wild. Uh, I would rather... Jump into Horizon, let it impress me. Um, you know, I'll spend as long with it What's, as I need to. What but. sucks is that both of these games got delayed so many times that yeah. this is where they landed. Yeah. Like, after all of that... Hey, thank yeah. God Persona's not coming yeah. out before that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, Horizon looks incredible, and yeah. I'm so excited for it, and I'm kind of on 
blackout at this point. Like I'm trying to just find out as little as possible and go in as blind as I can. Yeah, because we haven't um, had like a meaty, like a meaty single player nope. like yeah. preview event. I yet. feel like we know very little about yeah. Horizon yeah. ultimately. I, I mean, we've seen a couple really long demos and they've, they've set out the world really well, like overall. But like, I don't know. It's kind of like when we went into Force Awakens and the opening scroll started and it said, uh, Luke Skywalker has vanished, yep. and it was like that moment where we're all like, "Oh, like I have no idea what this movie's yep, about." Yep, like, yep. I want that feeling from Horizon. I want to turn it on and have a totally bizarre cold open that I had no idea was coming. I'm, yeah, I'm so excited about just the fact that it is a fresh start. It's a new IP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not going to be like callbacks to things that maybe I wasn't around for, or whatever. Yep. Yeah, um, it's yeah. I'm kind of curious. I I'm, I feel like I've almost gotten sick of seeing it based on what we've seen so much because it has been kind of like teased for so and long. So much of what we've seen has been sort of the same thing. Right. And yeah. we know that the, there's a whole mess of different environments right. in the game. Uh, yeah. I'm also really curious because this is Guerrilla's first open world game properly. Yeah. Like they kind of yeah. dabbled with that with uh, with Killzone uh, Shadowfall, Shadowfall yeah. where they were like, I remember playing that at, at E3 before you know the PS4 came out and being like, Oh wow! So these are open worlds. Like this yeah, is these these are, really these are large, big combat arena. I think this, this is a good opportunity to sort of highlight the fact that uh, I, as optimistic as I am for both of these games, I do have my doubts about both of them in their own ways. Just move the boxes. I'm moving the boxes right now, I'm teenager. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my thing is, I again, like, I'm trying to stay fairly blind as much as I can with my job. But uh, Marty, when you and I saw this BCD at E3 2015, mm-hmm. they played up a lot of those open world aspects and, and what a kind of more traditional RPG it was yeah. than we might think. Um, and at the time, they were teasing towns and all kinds yeah. of things that made me excited. I don't know. I don't think we've seen much of that yet. No, like, right? like the last media drop they did was a story trailer, and we got to look at some of the actors. Uh, Lance Reddick from The Wire and Lost mm-hmm. is uh, plays a character in the game. Um, in Horizon? In Horizon, yeah. Awesome. yeah. He put the same Reddick. character as The Lost, the, the the, really, the sergeant, like yeah. the just a cop, disenfranchised, which is also yeah, weirdly his like character a, from the wire. Also. Yeah, just yeah. a cop. Oh, that's why. Wait, I, that's why he's a magical yeah. man and lost. Yeah, uh, but same with. I mean, I, Skyward Sword is probably my least favorite Zelda game, and uh, there was a lot of stuff that, about that game that just actively annoyed me. Yeah, and this one's been kicking around for a while. I don't really know how it's going to pan out. Um, visually, I'm kind of I'm cool better. with it. It's just a little. It's a little. It's a little bland at times. Like I think that the. So. Zelda? Yeah. I don't think so at all. No. What? I, I don't think no. it, like, I think oh, the, man. I, the art style is just not incredibly great when it comes to the actual landscape. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. I, so, I, think, yeah, I think the main I character think... and the and the enemies and all that stuff looks awesome, but the actual horizon. Ooh, man. Like, when they showed, uh, there's, like, a, some really cool, like, snowy vistas, and he, like, snowboards yeah. down. They did that for uh, their stupid holiday yeah. video or whatever. Yeah. But even, like, that trailer from the other night, like, when we see, like, the big lake, and we see, like, the desert, and we that see. That stuff is gorgeous. Like, I do think that there's enough environment. Environmental diversity we've yeah. seen already where I'm like, oh, I'm yeah, It's in. definitely gotten better. But yeah, the reality is, is I want to play both of these games. Um, also, and the it's, bad problem to have, it's like someone being like, hey, we're taking you out to two really nice meals two nights in a yeah, row. Yeah, it's yeah. Betty and Veronica. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a good problem to have is two huge, wonderful, fantastical games coming out close together. You Wait, know, who, what's going on with these girls? <laughs> Betty, and Betty and Veronica from Archie. Yeah. What you don't see for CW's Riverdale. For me. <laughs> what's the problem with them? It'd be really weird if, what do you if, mean? Do you know anything about Archie? Oh, man. I he's know. Archie's this redhead kid in high school, and he's trying sake. to hook up with these two girls. I was trying to be like a really neat like outro to that bit. You know? The blonde girl's down to earth, and she's real cool and sweet. Anyway. Kind of like a country farm girl, but the brunette girl's rich as hell, so she's got crazy money. Brunette girl's a little bit hotter, but she's a huge pain in the ass. Anyway, she's like so, feisty as hell. Yeah, so, but the blonde girl is really sweet and down to earth. She just kind of did. Also, so my, my favorite thing about this, them. I've heard start. him do this rant before because there are these two wages. I touched your thumbs. Anyway, there are these two wages in where in Amsterdam. Please stop. We should stop. Just give me a second. Anyway, Horizon Zero Dawn and Zelda. Breath of the Wild are coming out three days apart. Which one are you going to play? You can let us know in the comments below or head over to the Podcast Beyond Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. There, talk about Archie again. Thanks, Jughead. <laughs> Wait, so oh, is Archie like trying to date them or is he just friends with them? Oh, he's definitely trying to date them. That's trying to the drama. Them. He's trying to do them both. I'll be real with you. <laughs> I think he's trying to do that old Mr. Weatherby. You, know, you think ice, so? Ice malt stand. Milkshakes for one? No, I don't Why care. do I know so little about Archie? How do you, what what comics did you ask your parents to buy you when you were going out of the grocery store? Archie's like the Doctor Who of comics. Either you know about oh, it or yeah, you I don't. don't. Okay, yeah. Okay. 
Anyway, uh, speaking of Archie and Jughead, God of War, <laughs> that's a game that's coming out that has nothing to do with any of the above. So for the love of God, let's talk about it. Of War. Yeah, I get it. Anyway, so uh, this is uh, this is Kratos in this game, yeah? Yeah. No, like yeah. Kratos. Old, old, like old, old, yeah. He was Kratos. old man Kratos, and we saw the, the yeah, he got a beard. He got a beard and a boy. Uh, yeah, he, he got a boy, and uh, we didn't know what his son's name was uh, at E3. It's Atreus. And we now learn it's pretty much Atreus. Yeah. Atreus. Atreus. So in Greek mythology, Atreus, Atreus, Atreus a bunch of crap in Greek I can't read, uh, was a king of Mycenae in Peloponnese, <laughs> the son wow. of Pelops and Hippodamia, the father of Agamemnon and Melanius. Collectively, his descendants are known as Atreidae or Atreidae. I mean, I do find it interesting how they, they take Greek mythology the and notes? they... I did. They, they take Greek mythology and they kind of blur the lines a little bit i i like that kratos is sort of this weird character that interacts with all the major greek gods but not like by the book in yeah. a way you might expect and angry yeah. like, Gump. i don't think like i think this name is interesting but i don't think it necessarily tells us much i don't i still don't think we know who his mother is i, I think there's going to be a lot of weird twist to this. it says the son of Why michael phelps and hippodipposamia <laughs> thinking so. about angry forrest gump yeah what yeah i was warring <laughs> <laughs> I got to find my <laughs> I got stabbed in the buttock by a hippogriff. <laughs> it's from Harry Potter. Yeah, know, what, what, that's also a thing that flubs the lines. Oh, sorcerers, philosophers, we don't know the difference. Anyway, um, I'm really excited about this game. Yeah. I, yeah. I historically hate Gears of God of War. Oh, and Gears I, of War. I think people are going to get mad at me. Anyway, they both involve angry dudes with way too big necks who have <laughs> tribal tattoos, so what do you want? And it's about a father-son relationship, just like Gears of War 4 was. Yeah. They're both very yeah. dirty, too. They never washed themselves. Everyone's dirty. Actually, yeah, there are a lot of similarities. They also have like a they have beards now and they come out of the the shadows. Yeah, they come out of the shadows. I don't know. I like that uh, hut he lives in. But yeah, this was one of those uh, you know the surprises <laughs> at E3. Like the demo was super great. Uh, there was a preview floating around that was really good. Uh, but no, this is one of those games Marty that like wrote we love stupid preview that like three people came up to him and said he liked and it went to his head so much. He's got doesn't not have a, doesn't have a whole lot else going on though. <laughs> I went to Japan. What does that mean? Kanishiwa. We can't talk about that. Okay. We can talk about it. All right. All right. We'll talk about that next week. Okay. Uh, but no, that's one of those, like, God of War is one of those games we loved coming out of E3, and then they just have been, like, pretty much radio silent for the last six Good. months. Good. Yeah. We need yeah. more of that. Yeah. I love the idea of something being put, like, in our brains that we can, you know, hypothesize and talk about it and everything. What about but, a 45-minute long making of documentary of all the rocks in that trailer? Let's put that out. Like, I hate so that rocks. kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Or I'm so they, glad with them being radio I silent. I thought it was kind of crass that, like, uh, that Gorilla put out, like, this cosplay guide for the character from uh uh horizon why i don't know it was just like we don't know who that is yet and i know that obviously cosplayers are gonna like jump on stuff ahead of time and that's cool cosplay is cool but yeah when it when the studio is kind of being like here you go it almost feels like oh you're giving out shirts with your company logo on it because that's free advertising i get like i get that to me i think it's a fine line i think that when like representation in games is evolving. And I think when there are more and more characters of, you know, different skin tones, different body types, like different genders, I think it's important for those cosplay guys to go out because if someone sees a trailer and is like, oh, that looks like me. And, you know, the big neck dude in the 30 games I saw trailers for before this didn't. I think it's cool mm-hmm. that they put that out. But I agree with you that it's like before you know that. I mean, it's kind of like pre-ordering a $300 collector's edition of a game you haven't played yet. Sure, right. sure. I mean, like you have you have this weird like you kind of put all your eggs in that basket if you decide to, yeah. to latch on that. You, you legally can't bring it up. But like Borderlands and Gearbox always did a good job of especially with, uh, you know, like Borderlands 2 and the league and details from the Borderlands of doing that. And like that's why cosplayers have flocked so heavily to that yeah. series. I thought that studio got so much better once Andrew Goldfarb left. <laughs> Full disclosure, I worked for Gearbox. Okay, for you don't have to months. do stop it. I do, I do have to do that. Wait, it got so much better with when he left. <laughs> I heard you have to, used to have to give Randy Pitchford piggyback rides around. Oh, yeah. We flew drones on the roof once. What? I don't what? know if that's <laughs> like an NDA. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I worked wow. at Walden Books. Right. Um, <laughs> that's weird. Anyway, um, is that where my aliens, Colonial Marines money went? <laughs> Small planes? <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm I'm almost bitter. I'm almost bitter at the fact that they're putting out like you know pre-release assets for stuff like that because I remember going on IGN over the summer of 2001 and like rooting through Metal Gear screenshots yeah. trying to find like a, like a full body photo of Snake so I could draw realistic photos of Snake and that came out really weird. I feel like sure. <laughs> full body Snake. Let me see, let me see his ass. Um, but no, like I was trying to find like you know reference images and at that point it was just screen grabs from like a 480p QuickTime file that yeah. was put up yeah. in E3 and then there'd be like the McFarlane toy that like maybe was sort of off off model. Yep, but yep. the fact that they're like, hey, 
Uh, you want to know what the front and back of this character looks like, what all the detailed props look like? So you no, can I think that's cool awesome. Costume. Like, I, I mean, I, I, I cosplayed or dressed up as uh, Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka for Halloween, and like finding really good full body shots of like the pants and the shoes, and it's not a lot of detail. <laughs> it was hard to get, so I think if they could just put that stuff out and it's make really it really weird to find everyone. full body shots of the shoes because they, they only cover a small. Portion <laughs> Everyone stop true. saying full body shots. It just makes me seem like full body party. shots. Yeah. Everybody, meet me at Senor Frogs. <laughs> <laughs> me and Tara Reed are going to be at the bar anyway. <laughs> Um, speaking of body shots, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda is on the way, mm. and it's going to have sex <gasps> in it. Um, I don't Do even know, know what I'm reading here. There's a quote here. Okay, so quote. the first part is from E3. I can yeah. The second part is a, is a soon follow-up. You said, I didn't know what I'm reading here. I was going <laughs> to read it anyway, like I do with everything. In the past, we've been very, eh, they're Canadian. I'd say somewhat formulaic in the way we presented them. Ma- We're Max, trying to look. Can, can you do me a fit? Can you read that much sexier? In the past, we've been very, uh, I'd that say, somewhat formulaic in the way we presented them. We're trying to look at more organic ways to have those <clears throat> relationships evolve. Bioware creative director Mac Walters told IG in an interview at last year's E3. <laughs> Aaron Flynn <laughs> talked on stage today about offering more freedom to players than ever before. And that includes areas like this as well. How you engage in those types of relationships and the gating around them throughout the timeline of the story. And then meanwhile, Michael Gamble, producer of the game on Twitter, this said... Week? The banging is pretty good. But <laughs> did you see a talking hammer said, pow, right in the kisser. He, <laughs> Wait, what happened? On Twitter when he said that, that was in response to Steimer. Uh, Steimer, yeah, yeah. Former, former IGN editor. Yeah. Um, Max, I mean, your sexy voice is like George W. Bush having phone sex. <laughs> I heard you got some aluminum tubes over there. What if I crawled inside one of those does tubes? Does he end it with mission accomplished? I heard you got a couple of crawlies up in your crick. <laughs> I unzipped my flight suit on the deck of a battlefield aircraft carrier. Yeah, that's um, a weird quote. The banging is pretty good. I like I like that they're having a sense of humor about yeah, this. Yeah. Um, Mass Effect is such a like a, just a weird series, and that everyone kind of plays it for a different reason. Some people like it because it's a hugely fleshed out universe. Mm-hmm. Some people like it because when it's fleshed out, they're also talking about butt cheeks. Ooh, <laughs> which fleshed is out yeah. butt I'm fleshy, nice fleshy universe. Uh, we just said fleshed out butt cheeks and full bodied snakes well, in the last five. It, minutes. And it's like Mass Effect One barely has these. So that's the thing. Is yeah. I'm playing through Mass Effect One with Alana in the Let's Play series, and I feel like we're like halfway through, and I haven't I haven't bunged anybody yet. You I haven't kissed yeah. anyone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in Mass Effect One, you have like a, a very small <laughs> pool of choices, basically. And I think by three, they got a lot better at you had kind of minor relationships and major relationships, and they kind of interweaved. I don't uh, want a relationship with do, a minor. You could do like a pull-up <laughs> contest with Freddie Prince Jr. and then kiss him on the leg. Yeah, what? That's, that's Wait. exactly right. Yeah, is that real? Yep. I mean, spoilers. I mean, not exactly, but yeah, yeah. They're, they're just like great news, everybody. Freddie Prince Jr. is in this in this new game, and he's muscular as hell. How, yeah. you, you haven't done that yet. He's, no, not, in, he's not in one. He's in three, yeah. I'm very slowly making my way. Oh, you're never going to finish even yeah. one, let alone um, three. Well, when you get there, uh, look up the IGN wiki guide for how to sex the prince. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I do, I, do, I do think in all seriousness, like, this is a good sign that they're thinking about relationships and stuff. Like, we're obviously meeting all new characters. There's no carryovers from the trilogy. So at this point, like, they do have a fresh yeah. slate. So it's going to be whoever you like, you could pursue. Like, I think that's yeah. smart. So how I mean, did, uh, you played a ton of Witcher. How did Witcher deal with sort of romance options? Like, did it deal with oh, maturely? It was, was it, it was, silly? Was it? it was like maturely in the way that Europeans are more mature about sex and that they're like, yeah, we don't, we're all here because of it. So there was kind of like, it was kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's, it was very like, they, they apparently they shot like 120 hours of, of sexy mocap for that game. Like they did like stupid amounts of, of fake banging with ping pong ball suits on uh, to make a, a believable world of, of uh, wow. I, I read a sex. tweet that all of it was real. Yeah, probably. It was like that Hayden Christensen film. Yeah. Um, anyway, Attack uh, of the Clones. I don't know. I think that no matter what what you're looking at, there really there has not been a shattered glass. <laughs> no, the one with Sienna Miller. Him and Sienna Miller had actual intercourse in a film. I didn't know that. That's a really uh, wait in in Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Stop it on that field <laughs> when they were rolling. The sand was hard. Oh god, <laughs> it gets okay. everywhere. Okay. Yeah, don't do it at the beach. Anyway, so yeah, uh, I think Witcher did it probably better than uh, Mass Effect did. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. but, I mean, Mass Effect also came out you know years before. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, all of this is 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 like stick figures humping. In in thirty years, we're going to look back on this. I mean, assuming that we're not just you know nuke to a, a pile of smoldering rubble uh, and be like. It's like those old 50s movies where, like, you know, Cary Grant goes, well, darling, I'll be in the top bunk. And then it shows the train going into a tunnel and you're like, I think I understand what they're alluding to. But Max, what, what you're missing is that in 30 years, you're going to be in your 60s and the average person who's really excited for Mass Effect sex is going to be 38. What? What? 
He's saying we're, that right now they're eight. Yeah, you're oh, the yeah. only one in the room capable of simple math. Thank you very much. Okay. So glad we're here. That's why you. he works at Gearbox Entertainment. <laughs> anyway. Home um, of the math. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I think it's, it's I, I, I'll totally jump in Mass Effect Andromeda. Like, I play those games, like, pretty tongue-in-cheek uh, in more ways than one. Partially Ooh. making fun of it, partially because I'm trying to do sex. Tunneling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or weird deep kissing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, like, I'm, I'm glad that they're, like, the producer can, can poke fun at themselves, you know. And When's this game out? Well, um, soon, March twenty first. Yeah. No yeah. one believes that though. I'm still going to be in Horizon no, until that. unless this game gets. I hate being like this, but unless this game gets absolutely phenomenal reviews, I'm probably going to skip it. I'm just not really interested in it. Compared I would to be very other. disappointed. This game did not get absolutely phenomenal reviews. Well, there's only one thing I want to do in space: is drive a six wheeled truck and have sex with a blue lady. <laughs> it is crazy that this comes out two weeks before Persona. So there's going to be and two weeks after Zelda and yeah. three days after Horizon. Yeah, like that Q1 is insane. And that's not even counting like Resident Evil and all the things coming out now. Yeah. 2017 is shaping up to be a pretty good year for games, which is what we said about last year. Look where that got us. It was delayed into this year. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, there are crazy people that say last year was amazing. It was games. amazing. Yeah, last year was, it was pretty good. Says so the guy who got five minutes in the Final Fantasy got too scared to keep playing. I got four hours in the Final Fantasy. And you're too scared to keep playing. I'm not too scared. I'm <laughs> just not having the best time of my life. That's I'm because, still going. That's because you got your fingers over your eyes because you're scared of what's going to happen to Nakamura. Why would I boys? be afraid of anything in that garish video game? <laughs> that game is not garish. garish. It's, it's game is very game. pretty. Yeah. yeah. It's also, you can be pretty and garish at the same time. Although Karis is a character in Mass Effect. Great job. Why did they let us do this show stuff? Anyway, um, so last week we talked about collector's editions that don't come with games. So how are they still collector's editions? Yeah. And it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, we got an email from Chris Kreisel, uh who said, Hello, Beyond Gang. I've heard you all complaining about the collector's editions that more specifically EA put out. I work at a GameStop and I have slight insight to why this is an item they pursue now. As you all know, they stopped putting games in them, but it isn't necessarily for more money, though I'm sure it helps. It is actually a little more sensible on the retail side. There are two physical versions of Mass Effect on Xbox One and PlayStation 4, meaning four SKUs. There are at least four digital SKUs for those as well. Many times stores will get X amount of each collector's edition, typically thanks to reservations of the items. However, with many, a walk-in customer will get the st- will want the standard edition of the Xbox One game with the collector's content, but the store only has excess PlayStation collectors. With a new EA mentality, someone can walk in and buy the edition they want, be it deluxe or not, digital or not, and also get the collector's content. This also helps collectors that only want content but don't want the game. I actually do deal with these individuals regularly. This helps the sellers, retail publisher, etc., clear stock before they all go clearance and lose money on the sales instead, and helps customers not have to hunt so hard for what they want and for those they want to attempt to save and don't have to spend as much on a required deluxe with their bonus physical content. Sorry for the rant, just thought it'd be good for everyone to hear on the other side. There are some weird exceptions like ReCore, no separate SKUs, only on Xbox One, yet game not collectors. Really? Thanks for everything well, you guys do. This is wonderful insight yeah, to have. Yeah, yeah. that's really fun. And I think even aside from this, even the ReCore example he gave, like, I prefer to buy games digitally, period. I would yeah. always rather have it on my system than get up and swap discs. And so truthfully, like if I liked a game enough that I wanted a statue, I would almost always rather buy it without the game yeah, and, sure. or have it have the game come with a code. Yeah, this it, it, almost like listening to him say this reminds me, it's almost like going to a grocery store and they don't sell packaged steaks, steak dinners of a steak and two Yukon potatoes and a side of carrots. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you can buy the steak and you can get whatever potatoes you want and you can get whatever veggies you want mm-hmm. and like just you have the meal you so, want so if you yep. want the super crazy collector's edition but you want a downloadable version of the ps4 thing you can have that yep. uh, yeah so I it's weird it that you sense. put yeah. it in that sense because they're still bundles like they're not just like a collectible item they're still called a collector's edition because i feel like there's this mentality in gamers to go after like here is the higher tier version here is the final evolution of this game it is yeah. the big version even if it doesn't come with the game it's still like it's a known quantity. It comes with like yep. a cloth map. It comes with a keychain. It comes with a flash drive. All that crap. Uh, but it's weird because I'm I'm really big into collectibles. You too, Brian. Like we collect a ton of toys. Uh, it's really bizarre because they're still going through the companies that physically manufacture collector's editions with, that come with the game or otherwise. I think Three uh, Zero is one of them. Um, it's really strange because there are companies that could go to like collectible companies and have considerably higher end like products. Yeah. Um, but they don't. They still go like we still get these things that are of the quality of like of pack in items. Yeah, I was going to say, ironically, if you really love collectibles, one of the worst things you can buy is a video game collector's edition because mm-hmm. they're almost always shoddy and cheap. I mean, it depends. Like the fifteen crazy ultimate collector's edition has an actual play arts guide knocked us in it. Like it has like so a that's, legit. That's one of the rare exceptions. Yeah. Yeah. Square Enix is really good about it because they they do have a separate line of mm-hmm. action figures, which is play arts Kai. But it's usually Nathan Drake with like his second eye is like up here. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean the thing for me that, is like that wonderful. His, Paint free one that if you leave it in the sun just gradually leans, which is kind so of actually, Max. it's yeah. canonical. For which yeah. one? 
For Max Payne 3, they had those ones where he's just oh, walking yeah. with bullets, but he just tilts over slowly. No, I, mean, I had to get rid of my uh, Nathan Drake one for Uncharted 3 because he just wouldn't stand He doesn't stand the stand, yeah. 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 I mean, it's weird because we were talking about Switch earlier. Like, I pre-ordered a Switch and the Master's Edition of Zelda, but then I also bought a 256-gig SD card to have in the slot because I want digital games. Right. It's impossible for me to get the Zelda statue and coin and all that crap and Piecemeal, a yeah. digital copy of the game. Yeah. So it's like Unless a really you go weird... through eBay, which is like going to triple your cost. Yeah, right, but exactly. then, And then I saw on the Switch stream that that, uh, not sorry to keep talking about the Switch, but that that the Master Sword is just completely bent backwards. Well, it's like a, it's just like flimsy. That's the so, thing is, is Nintendo is, they're historically a toy company and they're also known for making stuff for kids. They're not going to make a realistic sword replica because first of all, there are weird shipping regulations and stuff like that, but also they're not going to be like, oh, you can stab your brother in the eye and kill him. Yeah. Hell no, we're not going to get that lawsuit. Like, right. you're going to make, like, a, the flimsiest sword possible. Yeah, you your can, you could, dick. Yeah, yeah. you could you, totally use a Wii stylus to <laughs> yeah. stab your brother in the eye. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. You could, I mean, you could stab him with one of the yeah. brand no, I mean, new I, joysticks. I feel, like stab him, he's gonna get I feel like we've said this a lot, but, like, if you really love, uh, like, <laughs> if you really want to kill your brother, you really want to kill your brother, <laughs> you'll figure it out. Uh, watch the movie The Good Son. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, video game collector's editions are always like kind of shoddy, but if you look around, you can find mm-hmm. really good tie-ins that they made. Like basic, usually in Japan, they'll make like marketing deals or or you know uh, sort of consumer grade deals of toys, figures, statues that are much cooler. Will cost you a little bit more money. You'll probably have to get them shipped. But like if you're gonna put something in your room that's like two feet tall and it's for Horizon, like get something really nice. You know, make it look really good. Like yeah. put a little more money in. What's it. What's really strange is the companies or the publishers that don't do collect. Collectibles, really. Um, 2K is really good about it. Like, there are... Most 2K licenses have been uh, given to NECA, which makes really awesome high-end action figures. I think Blizzard also makes some through that. I believe Valve does, too. Um, Whereas, like, Sony doesn't really... Like, you can't get a Bloodborne action figure. You can get this... I was just thinking about that. You can get this Bloodborne statue, and then you can get an accessory kit for the statue, so you can swap out his weapons. Yep. But it's still not an action figure, which but is really weird But if they had, like, a big me. action figure line of a bunch of different looking, like, hunters and, like... Yeah. Creatures, that'd be well, awesome. And that's the thing, like, I mean... Just a high-end Max and I's yeah. desk are, is covered with toys, but if you walk by, you'd be like, those guys aren't PlayStation fans, because I don't really have a ton of... Like, they make some plushies. Like, there's, like, a Parappa the Rapper McDonald's toy. And then there's, they make like, Funko Pops. And right. they make Funko yeah. Pops, but you don't really get a lot of like, like yeah. I I mean, I have like super customizable, uh, I forget which company makes them, those Super Mario figures. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. They're adorable. But no one really makes anything like that for like Sackboy or Nathan Drake. Oh, actually, no, no. Like so, so NECA did get the license for... I did see the, ne- I did see the NECA uh, the Nathan Drake. Or was right. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Figma's for the Mario. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, NECA did finally get Nathan Drake and Sackboy, but there's still no like Bloodborne. There's no Killzone. Yeah. There's nothing like yeah. that. Um, what's really weird is like, is is Destiny, which you can either go, go really big or go home. Mm-hmm. Like you can get uh, these, I think, it's three eight as these one six scale action figures of different different classes and different color schemes and they're like 235 bucks yeah or you can get mega blocks which are available at kmart and they look <laughs> like they look like ass yeah. and but there's no like oh here's a 15 dollar action figure of you know a guard right and it sucks that there's nothing there's nothing in the middle there yeah um so yeah i don't know um collector's editions not wild about them myself, but I'm, I hope to see more of a kind of a, a overlap between video games and, and collectibles. Totally. Yeah, I think uh, plush toys tend to work really well. Uh, like the at PSX, they had to display the one that's coming with Persona Five. It looked really good for mm-hmm. considering how cheap that thing is. Like they, they sent great. an actual cat with the uh, special editions of the Last Guardian. Yeah, it's a shame. It didn't yeah, listen to what its owner did. Goldie, you've tweeted out pictures of your desk multiple times. You've got like like fifty plush toys on there now. Sensitive boy, okay. little stuffed animal parade over there. I right, guess a little <laughs> weird about it. You don't have to feel weird. They have the worst desk. Why don't you get some what? real man's You toys? have the worst desk. Like the no, guy with the great. guns. Your desk looks like you just got divorced. I get- <laughs> She'll take me back. Brian and I have one of those sharks that you put in water and it gets larger because it's, it's huge a small now. Sponge. It's real fat in the head. We put it in a vase. You're both really fat. In the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, that's what I'm talking about. I like, I like talking about that kind of stuff. Um, Okay, time for rapid fire. Rapid fire is, of course, the thing where we go on the the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond. You should be a member there. If you're not already, what's wrong with you? Get to your head. Groups.com? Yeah. Groups.com slash clinkafish.net. We said that as like a typo once. I've just been running with it. Real weird. (laughs) Groups.com. Anyway. Nothing good. uh, Josiah Byler says, what do you think about the switch in relation to the Vita? Uh, I put up an interview with EA that kind of got into this today towards the end. Uh, I I think in the extremely unlikely scenario where the Switch is like wee levels of popular, you could see a resurgence in dedicated handhelds. Yeah. I, I don't think that's the likely outcome of this. I'm not even saying Switch won't do well, but I think 
the the amount to which it would have to be a game changer to really get people out of the smartphone universe into dedicated handheld land would yeah. be crazy. I think the most important factor here is the sort of the amount of games that people buy for it. Yes. Um, if you look at the what's what do they call that? It's not what's there's a Leap name frog. There's a name for how many when somebody buys a ton of games. Attach rate. Attach rate. That's what it is. I'm leapfrog. That's what I'm here for. Leapfrog. <laughs> <laughs> totally threw me off. Transfer. Um, the attach rates on the Vita were phenomenal. Yeah. People would buy a Vita and they'd buy dozens and dozens of games. Same, we saw the same thing happen with PSVR. Um, if that happens with the Switch, I think it's a good it's a good example where I think a lot of companies like Atlas and smaller studios and stuff like that might be taking their games and bringing them over there. Um, it's not, we're not really in a position where someone would be like, well, we were going to make this game for Vita, but we should make it for switch instead. Well, and I think that's well, but now we might be, and that's why it's weird. Like Vita obviously has its own problems, but Vita after a certain point, 3DS and Vita are not sharing a market. It, no. it, there are so few games that come to both. It's like the Zero Escape series and, and maybe a couple of others. Uh, but I think you get to this point now where if you're NIS or you're Atlas, you are faced with that. Should I bring it to Switch or Vita? Right. And I think that creates competition, which is only going to help. I think at that point, like this probably will be good for handheld gaming, but we just don't yeah. know yet. It, it just depends on how many so people make I'm, games I'm, for I'm Switch. I'm trying to, like, if I had to guess that I mean, I'm going to get a Switch, I'll probably get one in the fall when Mario comes out because I'll play Zelda on Wii U. Uh, if I had to guess, by the end of the Switch's lifespan, I will probably have triple, if not quadruple, the amount of games on my Vita than I will on my Switch, just yeah. because like I fill my Vita up with stuff like Sound Shapes and Guacamelee and I Shovel Knight on there, and then PS1 Classics are always on sale for super cheap. And so also, I have Symphony of the Night and Resident Evil. And all yeah, the Final you've also Fantasy got games. PlayStation Plus, which is giving yeah. you free games every single month. There's also um, cross buy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, this is kind of uh, the Switch is kind of doing what. It's built. It's not in even not even comparative, theory. but like yeah. what what PS4 had to do after PS3, where it's yeah. like here's an architecture that's not compatible. Like we're trying to hopefully kind of it's yeah. building from the it. ground up. But in terms um, of what this means for like the sort of the legacy of the Vita, or if we'll ever see a Vita two, um, I hope so. It remains to be seen. I think that I, I'd be shocked if Sony ever took a bet on a, a portable I handheld. Mean, especially again. because. Uh, you know, in Japan, uh, mobile is just king. Yeah. Like, so far and away, you know, mobile gaming is so much bigger than console and handheld gaming. But so, I yeah. like that before the Switch, like, before we actually knew for a fact that, that this is what the NX was, that this is, like, the model they were going after, this wouldn't have even been a conversation. Like, handheld gaming was dead, period. Yeah. And now it's handheld gaming is dead, question mark. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. yeah. So, like, at least the conversation's open again. Yeah. So the question was, of course, what do you think about the Switch in relation to the Vita? I don't. I think they're entirely different animals in spite of the obvious similarities. Like the fact is that I think most people are going to use the switch as a console. Like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not even going to plug an HDMI port. Like to me, that is Nintendo's next portable system. Okay. Well, you proved me wrong. Andrew Goldfarb. Well, I just, I, I Foiled really my like plans yet again. I like portable gaming. And I think ultimately uh, the reason I'm excited for it is to have these games in the go, sure. not necessarily I mean, to I'm have, I'm not saying I, people won't use it, but I think that most people will. I think that the yeah. fact that you can yeah. play Zelda on a big screen, I think it's, it's, <clears throat> it's designed to be, a console game. Mm -hmm. I think well, it's fascinating yeah. that Sony almost had this exact concept had they just made it a little bit easier to connect your Vita to your TV yeah. with any regularity. And I think that it is fairly simple and I think there's there's ways around it. There's a way to do it through PSTV and, and other means. But I think a lot of people had no idea that was even a thing and didn't bother with it. And a lot of devs didn't really say like, oh, try this. Try your Vita game yeah. on your TV. I wonder if there was ever a point where those timelines could have. Like if Vita had been one year later or PS4 had been one year earlier, yeah. they would have intersected just and yeah, well, more. Yeah. Yeah. we're talking about that at the, the launch of the PS4. I mean, Mark Cerny designed the PS4 and the Vita. Like, it's really strange that they don't play well together. Yeah, yeah. And the fact I mean, that, they, I mean, like remote play is good, but it's yeah. not. It's not the extent of. I mean, there are games that let you transfer saves and make it fairly you're, easy, you're but button, not. You're a button short, and it's the button yeah. that you use most. The yeah. fact that you've got to use the back touch screen to do, you know, R two and L two, mm -hmm. like, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, I also, like, I mean, I have a I have a first gen like a, a fat a fat Vita, and like I don't. You can plug it in with the cord, right? And do remote play like that, can't you? Do you know? I've, I've never done corded remote play. Yeah, I haven't either. Okay, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if you can. But I mean, I'm thinking if they just had a cord that came out and it was like, oh, it's plugged in. The TV's free for use. So whoever's in the yeah, you oh, the whole sure. Wii U approach. That would yeah. be great. That seemed like a no brainer, but apparently it just didn't work that yeah, way. Yeah, just having some sort of like video out thing, and I think it only yeah. works over over wireless. So I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, like, two ships passing in the night on that one. I'm yeah. fascinated to see how Switch affects because I, I still play Vita more than almost anything yeah. um, by virtue of traveling, but also I just enjoy it. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to see if Switch kind of how much of a chunk of it it takes away. Like I'm still going to play my Splunky Daily Challenges and stuff, I think. 
but I don't know. It'll be, I'll just be yeah. curious. I'm also like, indies are a huge difference. Like Vita became yeah. my indie machine after yeah, a certain yeah. point and Nintendo did a really good job with like Nindies yeah. and all that stuff towards the end of Weave's life. But I don't know how much of that will come over. We know Shovel Knight's coming. Uh, we know uh, what Fast Racing Neo is yep, coming. Like, yep. They they have a few, but we're missing a lot of their big partners. I agree, so. especially if they're going to lean into it as a handheld gaming device. And I'm a, I'm a lot like you in that I will probably mostly use this thing in handheld mode because especially hooking it up to my TV and being like, oh, this doesn't look that great. I'll play PS4 games on my Pro. Um, whereas on the Switch or on the Vita, I actually lay on my couch and my 3DS play handhelds right there. Like, it's just nice. It's comfortable. So yeah. I hope handheld ga- gaming never goes away. It's yeah. a reason. One of the reasons I'm even here is because of handheld gaming. Like, yeah. I got in an IGN reading guides for Link's Awakening for the Game Boy when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, and I'm by- playing, like, I've been playing Mario Run. Yeah. And, uh, like, I've now maxed out everything in Mario Run. But, like, every once in a blue moon, I'll get a text message in the middle of a crazy jump, and it'll screw me up, and oh, I'll start the level that. over. I hate and that. And it's like, that alone will keep me from ever wanting to play a, Yeah, you I know, want a like dedicated gaming game I love yeah. dedicated devices because they're not, like, that's what I love about VR, yep. is that I, it just, I don't get distracted by other stuff. I'm just, I put on this hat, and I go someplace else. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. no just pop-ups or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. Like, I get I people that. messaging me when I'm, like, in the middle of a cutscene, even on PS4, and I'm like, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yep. Or something updated, or my you know controller died. Um, Justin the Smith says, "What is your most memorable fan meeting?" I'll jump on this right now. Uh, PAX East, I think 2012. I was very very ill. I was very sick, and I showed up the first day. And this kid ran up to me and he gave me a copy of Hotel for Dogs on Blu-ray. <laughs> I don't know who that was, so maybe it wasn't that memorable. But that was a very weird thing to have happen when I was uh, high on cold medicine and probably had a fever. Also, only like a 75% chance that actually happened. <laughs> no, it happened. I watched that movie. There's a part where they make a uh, conveyor belt for all the dog's feces. Uh, oh, there was a very, very young kid, probably eight or nine or ten, who came to the Up at Noon studio a couple years ago, right after I finished hosting the show with Greg. And uh, he came up to me afterwards, and he was like, Brian, I really love your album, Misanthrope. And he handed me a Super Nintendo cartridge that had Mario Paint on it. And he said, I made your album cover in Mario Paint. And it was one of the most adorable things. I actually started crying. Like, it just completely got me. It was just a bullet to the heart. It was beautiful. Um, but, yeah, really, really, really sweet. Like, we actually found a Super Nintendo. We used a, a Retron, I believe, mm-hmm. and hooked it up in the office. And I was able to pull it up. And I was like, that's my album cover that a kid made in Mario Paint. Like, that's so cool. Adorable. We had a... Better than what you made in Mario Paint. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say he remixed the whole thing with those cat and dog noises. <laughs> if only. I, I don't think I'd be <laughs> around the show. <laughs> well, well, Ryan, what did you make in Mario Paint? When I was, a little, when I was young oh, and Mario don't. Paint came out, oh, uh, I, I, I created... I animated the, the Rod King trial in Mario Paint. <laughs> Yikes. Why? It's so bad. Why is it bad? The the trial is bad. Recreating it in, in art. Mario Paint? I, I was a kid. I didn't know what to do. Anything else? I don't, whatever. You draw stuff weird when you're a young boy. <laughs> Andrew. Hey. Uh, two real quick. We had a... Fairly recently, we had like a little eight-year-old kid in the office who yeah, was, was incredible he was just so excited he was like shaking and and so happy to be here uh that was awesome you met him oh right? yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that was that was incredible uh and then one weird one was at uh i think it was pax prime we had a, a live show two years ago at the youtube booth and you texted me and you were like hey there's a guy here who says he went to elementary school with you yeah and there's a guy i went to elementary school with who was at the youtube booth now you're the best man in his wife and then he and he swirled you in the toilet <laughs> yep. like uh, good old days i mean like like it's cheesy but like uh, any meetup we have at like any psx or pax yeah. is incredible um but over uh, we'll talk about more next week i was in japan over the weekend and i was walking around by myself in shibuya and henry Shout out to Henry, who's probably listening to this. Stop me in the middle of wandering through an alley in Shibuya. What? He was like, Marty? I was like, yeah. Is that so I was like, oh, weird? I listen to Beyond. He's yeah. been living there for the last six months. It's really so. weird. Yeah. I had that happen with Mitch awesome. Dyer in Japan, and it was like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah. I also and then I met that, that guy again. again. Yeah. I also had that happen with Mitch on a separate occasion, also in Japan. Yeah. It's really strange. Yeah, we had that at Can't spell yeah, Gaijin the... without IGN. Uh, <laughs> so, IGN can't spell Gaijin. Keep it locked. <laughs> I guess you can. No, we really, yeah, it's, never mind. No, you can. Just no, with that happened to Arnie. Yeah, the, yeah. Same thing yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, that's weird. Um, Yara Donan said, do you have any New Year's gaming resolutions? Personally, I've decided to play less games, but try to invest more time into each. Mm, that's a good one. I really like that one. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. That's kind of a bad thing about our jobs, though, is to try to stay informed on everything. Like, yeah. um, Marty, we've been doing this this Let's Play series called Welcome to Skyrim. Plug, mm-hmm. plug, 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 plug. It's on the YouTube channel on IGN. Go check it out. It's it's fun. We play Skyrim. Um, but uh, okay. the whole thing is you've never played Skyrim before. Correct. And every, every one of these videos, we're like, Marty's never played Skyrim. Isn't that weird? Let's play Skyrim. And people will inevitably in the comments be like, 
this guy works at IGN and he's never played Skyrim. The point of huh, the show. Huh, huh. And I'm like, it's the yeah. Point of the show. I mean, I probably played an hour of Overwatch and that was our game of the year. Like, you can't yeah. play them all. Yeah. There are too many games that come out. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good resolution. Um, we talked about this on GameScoop, where the, there's a point in a video game where you can be like, I'm not having fun and I don't like this, and it's okay to leave it. Um, I have so much trouble with that. Yeah. I have so much trouble not finishing a game once I start it. Yeah. Because I, I have too. this like sad optimism where I'm like, oh, you'll see. It'll come around in the end. And it's also at does. a certain point, if you're not liking something, you don't like it. It doesn't make you bad. It doesn't make the game bad. Like Brian's not really feeling Final Fantasy 15. And at a certain point, it's like, well, just stop. Like, yeah. It's Max's game of the I like, year. I like a really lot like of it. I'm, yeah. just, you know, I'm, I'm playing because every now and then it, it's there's something wonderful happens. Yeah. I really into it. But like, but, I don't know. Your free time is precious. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a good re- resolution. I don't know if I have any personal ones. Um, probably I feel like every year there's three or four games I buy flat out for $60 yeah. that I absolutely shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, last year I beat uncharted Four, uh, the office copy that we were kicking around. I finished it and I pass it to max, I believe. Um, and then I rebought it mm-hmm. and I was like, why I wasn't, totally like over the moon about it and i'm probably not going to play it again but i had it because i was like i bought a ps4 pro and i'm like i want to get all the games that look really good on it and it does but i'm never going to replay that game i don't think at least so um yeah you make decisions like that every now and then i did the same thing with overwatch where i bought it and i played it for two and a half hours and i was like oh i totally see why people love this this is not for me it's especially tricky with digital stuff too yeah because you can't it's not like you can give it to your friend i wish you could just give away games digitally like that'd be such a nice feature yeah well if if you could sort of like if they had a thing that was like, oh, uh, you know, you've only played this game for 90 minutes and you don't want it anymore, yeah. give it to somebody. That would be great. I would yeah. love that. I, a couple of years ago, I mean, I never I never play games on PC. Like, I don't have a PC. Occasionally, I'll, I'll play, like, Steam games on my Mac, but that's a very small percentage of those games. Right. Um, there was some st- sale for, like, the entire 20-year collection of Tomb Raider games or something or 15-year, whatever. And it was – I bought, like, a pile of Lara Croft games for PC. I don't know why. Oh, I do that stuff I don't all know why. the time. I have like I have like seventeen like Steam games of like Tomb Raider, and I'm just I like bought the, I don't I don't want to play these. When Force Awakens came out on Blu-ray, they put this deal on Vita, which was every Star Wars game they ever put on Vita bundled for like seventeen bucks. And I was like, oh, I love every Star Wars game they ever put on Vita, and I bought them, and I played like Battlefront two for twenty minutes on a plane. I was like, that was fun. And then I never touched the rest of them yeah. again. And I, I, I've got to be careful with stuff like that because I do feel like digital hoarding is just as dangerous oh, as so physical bad. hoarding. Because yeah. it doesn't take up any space, so there's never there's not a thing reminding you. And it, yeah. But it also sucks because it, it follows you. you know? Yeah, well, you turn on your PS4 and you have that huge nav bar and there's a bunch of big squares being like, hey remember me yeah. and you're like stop it That's i'll see stuff on my in my in my downloads or my application library or whatever that i'm like that i got from playstation plus just so i had it in case yeah, yeah. and i'm like who got th- who downloaded this who put this on my machine and yeah. it's not even there it's just a little square yeah but- it's so weird my xbox one is forever haunted by rare replay because of like the 49 games it downloads and i'm like oh like i'm really happy i have three of these but i don't ever yeah. want to go back to most of them um yeah. i i think on on in terms of like on a coverage front um for doing our jobs like i I want to do what I did all of last year, which is try to be more optimistic and be more positive about stuff. I'm seeing there's like so much. I'm cynical as hell at times. Everyone knows that. I think everybody is. But there's so much cynicism and negativity that comes out of games media now and comes out of YouTubers now and Twitch streamers now. And I think there's just this like there's a certain level of toxicity that's just like I'm the hateful game farter or whatever. And a lot of it is funny, but a lot of it is also just like, oh, you're just crapping on things for clicks. And I don't want to be that guy. I also don't want to be this guy that's like everything's great. Everything's awesome. And I'm optimistic. But just being a little more measured, being a little more optimistic, playing games that maybe I normally wouldn't have played uh, normally, trying playing consoles that I wouldn't have played normally. Normally, like just being more open about stuff, I think it's immensely important. I want to extend the length of my handshakes by like thirty percent. Can you do that? Like, yeah, the, like, and I want to like reach in your right arm. Give, little... give me a twenty sixteen shake. So that's like a normal. Oh wow, that's a real wet one. All right, let's try it again. <laughs> so give me a twenty sixteener. All right, so that's a normal one. Yeah. Again, still real yeah. wet. So like just yeah. Like that? Goldeneye Golden are doing a new shake Jesus. for, for 2016. <laughs> it's called the Milker. You want to milk that one? You like, just got oh, some oh, fresh oh, mozzarella like, to uh, I'm going to be honest. We, we're running very late, and I have to do the next podcast. All right, fine. Let's get out of here. We're Let's open presents, presents real, quick. real quick. We got some packages. If you want to send us packages, send them to Podcast Beyond, care of IGN, 625 2nd Street, 4th Floor. Uh, Ooh, God, Party San Mix. San Francisco, 94107, California. It's we know who's Party Mix. Good God. Do we know who sent this? Dense mix. Okay. What do we got? Uh, uh, 
Hi, Beyond Crew. I just wanted to show my appreciation for all we do. Thank you all for being constant source of kindness, laughter, inspiration. I would like a longer message, but Amazon had a cutoff. Kyle Bourne, <laughs> part one of two. It says assorted... Party, candy party mix, sort of candy party mix, six by six by six bulk box, fireballs, airheads, jawbusters, laugh. Right. Then it stops. Hell yeah. Let's open this. Big dense yeah, we, thing. We, we got to save some for next week. You're going to start throwing the candies everywhere. We're probably going to get more by next week. This one's a mysterious these are, one. These are little guys. This is, uh, what do we got? A gift for you. Oh, it's, wow, it's wrapped in everything. What does it say? Is there a note? There's a note. I'm going to read it real fast. Part two of two. As a second part of my gift, here is an example of the inspiration you've given me. <laughs> I know you are all creators, so I hope you like it. Email my thoughts, KyleDeBoren at gmail.com. Thanks, want. Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. This How is awesome. You can put the entire snack mix So you can that. get Amazon to wrap stuff for you, and when they do, it looks like this, which is very I'm funny. I'm going to put the party mix in this bag later. It's going to be a very good if you're not, If you're just listening to the show, it's like a bag made it's of nice, Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, it's like a green bag. A book? Oh, crap. Kyle wrote a book. It's called Uprising. Ooh, oh, wow. wow. That's awesome. Hell yeah. You that's wrote a really book, cool. dude. That's incredible. Yeah, that's badass. Go support Kyle's book, Uprising, which I assume is awesome. There's one more here. Also, it's really weird to, to read a note, half a note, and then go to the next one. <gasps> Banana candies. <laughs> <laughs> what? Podcast Beyond. Max, Alana, Marty, Brian, at Al. Who the hell is Al? Pineapple cakes. Or banana candies. Who's oh, pineapple Al? cakes. Oh, I can't read this whole thing. My name is Austin. I'm a fan of your work. More importantly, you should have become an integral part of my office. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, in sum, thank you and keep up the good work. I wish you all and your family good health and hope you have another booming year at IGN. I thought this said boning year. And I was like, yeah, me too. Anyway. Please save an extra for Alana. Alana's in the control room right now. Alana, you may have one of the pineapple cakes. Anyway, you can have mine, Alana. I'm not eating sweets this month. They're, but they're from Japan. I know, but that's... Konnichiwa! Anyway, thank you, Austin. And thank you, Kyle, for sending yeah. us presents in the mail. Um, thank you guys all for watching yeah. and listening and whatever. And um, Next week's know. episode will be uh, like 12 hours late. Yes, it'll be very late. It'll be very special, well, It's though. not very late. It'll be it's, very, 12, it'll be over, it's 12 hours late. Tell them why. Next week's hit them with it. It's going to be 12 hours late, so I can talk about uh, why I was in Japan over the weekend and why I haven't slept at all in the last like 48 hours. Uh, but it's mm-hmm. a very cool reason for people who enjoy this podcast. Yeah. Ooh. You know, yeah. they say a good cure for... Uh, traveling is pineapple cakes who doesn't love a nice pineapple cake after a long traveling time if you have emails or whatever you want to send them to it it's just beyond at ign.com mm, mm. i love a pineapple cake at a tuesday afternoon bye beyond, but- <laughs> hey there it's rachel ballinger and i am extremely excited to invite you to rachel uncensored it's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics. And sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.